You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Yo, this is Ice Kill Mark Haskins. You are listening to Wrestle Hola amigos, los saluda Aerostar desde el Cosmos, directamente de Lucha Libre Triple Lucha Underground, para que sigan de cerca el canal de Wrestle Fox. Nos vemos, hasta luego. Hey everyone, this is the interview queen Alicia Two, and you are currently listening to the Wrestle Thoughts podcast. Wrestle Thoughts are proud to be partnered with UK-based wrestling promotion WrestleGate Pro. Head over to WrestleGatePro.com to find news, upcoming shows, tickets, and merchandise. Use promo code WTP for 20% off your order. That's WrestleGatePro.com and promo code WTP. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Bell to Bell. I am, as always, WrestleThoughts Podcast's very own Jamie Bell. Uh, again, flying solo. I've reached episode three, people. I'm I'm very proud of myself because I am not the most technically gifted guy, but I'm giving it a whirl and I'm enjoying this. Uh, today's show, I, I ummed and ahed all week about what to do, who to do it all, a set of match, a certain uh, wrestler from back in the day, and I was coming with a few and I was a bit stumped. And then I was just browsing the Bro Wrestling Tees store, as I do every day, and decided to click on the limited edition uh, merchandise segment. And whilst I was on there, I came across a very limited opportunity, which probably isn't going to be on there for much longer. Uh, It was a Bugsy McGraw t-shirt and autobiography. And that got me thinking, I wonder how many people actually remember or are even familiar with Bugsy McGraw. So that's when I thought, let's do episode three on Bugsy McGraw. So a big shout out to Pro Wrestling Tees for this one. You inspired this episode. Um, I greatly appreciate that. And I thank you by way of spending all my money at your wonderful shop. Um, including, I purchased this Bugsy McGraw t-shirt and his autobiography, Brute Power. Um, so, I've all, I, I was always a fan for watching videos of Bugsy McGraw. Um, so, for God's sake, if you can hear some vibrating, I'm getting a phone call. Um, which I've now cancelled, because I don't particularly like answering the phone to anybody, really with the exception of Callum, who doesn't like to text, so I had to compromise on that one. Um, Bugsy McGraw, Michael Davis, um, debuted in 1967 uh, under the ring name Big O. Uh, He wrestled around the central areas of America, he wrestled in Detroit, uh, he wrestled in Florida. Florida was his mainstay, what he would probably call home in the wrestling business, um, it was his main territory, he'd come back and forth to Florida. Um, he debuted under a mask as the Big O uh, in 1967. Uh, obviously, again, travelling the territories and 
making a name for himself. Now, it wasn't till 1971, um, in Florida, again, where he, he'd really established himself, he became Beautiful Brutus. Uh, he was managed by the legendary, late, great Boris Malenko, who we all know as the father to the man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko, who... By the way, another shout-out to Pro Wrestling Tees. Dean has released his first T-shirt, which is available on Pro Wrestling Tees. Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds. It's a fantastic T-shirt. I will be buying it at some point. Um, also, good luck to Dean in AEW. He is one hell of a guy to have on your team. Um, but yeah, back to 1971, Boris Malenko. Uh, this would lead to a feud between uh, Beautiful Brutus... And Boris Malenko, uh, Brutus, Bugsy McGraw, but as he was Brutus, beautiful Brutus, fired Boris Malenko. Uh, this led to a series of matches, uh, a, a bloody, bloody feud uh, across the Florida territories, um, eventually leading to a match where Brutus, sly people, I'm going to fuck up, beautiful Brutus, would win the Bare Knuckles Championship against Boris Malenko. Uh, yeah, the Bare Knuckles Championship. Uh, but that I mean that that just shows you four four years into the business, and he's feuding and and defeating someone of Boris Malenko's stature, um, one of the greatest of all time. So this this really was you know just. It was this was this was to show you. I mean, this led you to see how this guy's career was going to go. Um, he'd travel around the world after this. Uh, he'd he'd fight in Australia. He'd go across to Canada and fight in Vancouver. Um, even had a brief stint in New York uh, for the WWWF Vince Senior. Um, but his main reputation was Florida. And coming back to Florida after these tours, he this, again. This is how important I think this guy was, and how the recognition he doesn't get for being one of the unsung heroes in the business back in them days. Uh, he defeated Dusty Rhodes for the television title in Florida, and then beat Don Morocco for the Florida Heavyweight Championship in nineteen eighty. Uh, I mean. Don Morocco, Dusty Rhodes, Boris Malenko. These are guys he's facing and beating. And yet, to this day, I, I, I dare say a lot of people don't, still don't know who Bugsy is. Aren't familiar with his work. Um, so, when you've got three big wins against people of that calibre, it really shows what a performer he was and what a talent he was. Um, he would also go on to feud. I mean, again, he feuded with Barry Windham. He feuded with Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk. Uh, all in Florida. I mean, that is a who's who of people in this business. And we all remember these guys. But if I said to you, oh, yeah, do you remember his match with Bugsy McGraw? You know, do you remember when Bugsy McGraw beat Dusty for the, the, the TV title, the Florida TV title? How many people would be like, Dusty? I know Dusty, but who's Bugsy? Who's, who's Beautiful Brutus? Who's Bugsy McGraw? I'm trying to give you a little education on that. 
Um, so yeah, after Florida, he'd moved to Texas. Uh, around nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two, he would spend time in WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling, run by the Von Erichs, uh, one of my favourite ever territories. Um, rock stars, the Von Erichs. He would come in as a babyface and. First of all, would feud with the Great Kabuki. Uh, he would hold the NWA American Heavyweight title while uh, in Texas. And eventually turning heel. Uh, still in Texas. Okay, and here we go again. He would feud as a heel with Bruiser Brody. Who I've already done a bit of bell to bell on. Who is one of my favourite guys of all time. Um, so... Uh, so again, if you're with Bruiser Brody, and when you're in Texas, you're in WCCW, uh, the, the Mecca, everyone knows the Von Erics were rock stars. And he feuded with Kerry Von Erich, who, who some people remember as the Texas Tornado, and Kevin Von Erich. So again, are you? this is the career this guy's had so far. He has fought some of the greatest of all time. Um, at the Texas Stadium in 1982, Body Slam Battle Royal eventually losing to Andre, which everyone lost a Body Slam challenge to Andre. You know, so there's no shame in that, but he's in the ring with Andre, people. He's sharing the ring with Andre. I cannot go into how much it just pains me that this guy doesn't get the recognition that I think he deserves. Uh, he would travel to Memphis also in the 1980s. Uh, Memphis was a hot territory back in the day, obviously with Jerry Lawler uh, and the Andy Kaufman deal, which is, fuck me, something I may have to look into doing, people. I may have to do it and give you a treat and do it for you because that's the guy I am. Um, but yeah, and... He would be a part of Jimmy Hart's first family. Jimmy Hart, another Hall of Famer. Uh, he was part of his faction. He would leave Jimmy's faction and he would be in the H&H faction. Uh, Armand Hussein and the legendary Gary Hart. Um, leading to him eventually turning babyface again, feuding with... Uh, both those guys uh, culminated in a, a handicap match, uh, defeating them at Wrestling Star Wars in uh, August 1982. Um, that was a brief stint there, really. He moved on to... This is where he moved uh, to Crockett Promotions. Uh, 1983. Uh, he, would, he would travel through a lot of territories. Uh, he would finally settle uh, with Crockett. Uh, feuding with the, the Assassins, he teamed with Rufus R. Jones, uh, somebody who's probably, again, not people might not be familiar with. Um, they won the NWA Mid-Atlantic Tag Team titles. Uh, they appeared at the first Starcade in 1983. Uh, they lost to the Assassins, but again, they were on the card for the first Starcade. Starcade back then was like, you know, WrestleMania. This, this was WrestleMania for the NWA. And he appeared on that. So this this guy, I mean, what a career so far, from nineteen sixty seven up to nineteen eighty three. Okay, that's a oh, it's a sixteen year career. But he has been in the ring with so many people, so many great, so many Hall of Famers, 
And it, it is a crying shame that his name isn't thrown around um, as it should be. A very underappreciated guy. He would return to Florida, uh, 1985. And uh, until about 1987, he worked alongside Mike Graham, uh, Eddie Graham's son, uh, where they feuded with the fabulous Freebirds. The fucking fabulous Freebirds. I mean, if you're going to feud with any team back then, it's the Freebirds. Uh, he would also team with Brian Bray. Brian. Brian Blair. I got that out in the end. Uh, and also Wahoo McDaniel. A guy, by the way, who... How the fuck is he not in the Hall of Fame? I believe he's in the Legacy Wing now. But he really should be in the Hall of Fame. But that's for another time. So again, he partnered with all these people. Um, he teamed with Blackjack Mulligan after the three beds had left the territory. Uh, facing Percy Pringle's uh, team. Obviously, Percy Pringle is the late, great Paul Bearer. Um, back in the day, he was Percy Pringle. And they feuded with the missing link, the assassin, Abdullah the Butcher. A guy who has a somewhat interesting reputation in the business. Um... And I, I remember, uh, obviously, I've done a lot of research. I aren't just, you know, claiming to know this guy's career off by heart. Um, but there was an angle in 1986 with Rip Rogers, where Rip Rogers used a bottle to smash over Bugsy McGraw's uh, head, blinding him. And Bugsy would disappear for a year. You wouldn't see him for a year. Selling the blindness. Um, obviously, this you could kind of say this was repeated uh, years later in ECW, where the Sandman did the same angle. He was blinded, and he was off TV for months and months and months. Could have been a year, actually. And he kept in character. He would answer his door with a, with a blind stick or, or, or eye patches, selling the fact he was blind. Bugsy McGraw did that years earlier. So his influence obviously carried across um, for someone like the Sandman to, to continue doing that. Um, he would return and he would have feuds, obviously team with Mulligan, Blackjack Mulligan again, but he would also feud with Kevin Sullivan, up to Kevin Sullivan, eventually turning babyface. Um, and that's when his time in Florida really came to an end as they merged with Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, he had a, a quick run with Jimmy Valiant uh, before he was let go by Crockett, which <sighs> was a shame because I, I I believe he was one of the best wrestlers to come out of the Florida Territory. It was his home. He spent a lot of time there. Um, he would, years later, I mean, he would go off and uh, wrestle on the Indies again, uh, travelling the country and... Eventually, he would join the reformed Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, he'd return as a heel to feud with his one-time friend and partner, Blackjack Mulligan. Um, but again, this doesn't last very long. And it led up to him retiring in 1991. But that was a 25-year well, a career. Uh, going up against some of the greatest names 
in the history of this business that we all love so much. Uh, like I said, fought Dusty Rhodes, fought Bruiser Brody, fought Andre, um, was in the ring with the Freebirds, um, the Funks, Blackjack Mullick and Kevin Sullivan, a who's who. Um, won numerous titles. He was the AWA Midwest Heavyweight Champion, NWA US Champion. Obviously, he was the Florida TV Champion. Um, he also, over the, the 25-year career, throughout the territories, was a 19-time tag team champion. Uh, I'm not going to name all of the people he held the titles with, um, but he did hold a tag team title with Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I believe he held one with King Kong Bundy as well at some point. So another huge name. Uh, somebody we lost earlier this year, King Kong Bundy. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was accomplished. He had so many title runs, singles and tags. Uh, he did make a few appearances around 2004 time for some charity event matches. Uh, nothing noteworthy. Um, the last time you probably saw him, and you probably didn't even realise it was him, uh, was the June the 18th, 2009 episode of TNA Impact. And he appeared as the new head of Mick Foley's security team. And I didn't even realise this. I, 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 I was doing some research and came across this. And when I was reading it, I was in my head thinking, I could picture it. I was like, oh my God, yes. It, it, was, it was Michael Davis. It was Bugsy McGraw. I'm like, fuck. Um, but yeah, obviously, obviously he, he retired. And what a lot of people didn't realise as well is... Um, he joined a nursing school in 1988 and became a registered nurse and was a registered nurse for 20 years till 2014. Um, and, you know, they always say once you're in the wrestling business, you can't keep away from the wrestling business. And whilst he was nursing, one of the people he looked after um, was the late, great Hall of Famer Jack Briscoe. Um, Obviously, we lost Jack Briscoe, um, but he was one of his care team after his open heart surgery. So, you, you know, he was always around the wrestling business, all the wrestlers, even at a sad time of us losing losing Jack Briscoe. Um, and yeah, he retired as a nurse in 2014 uh, and wrote a book, and which was really the inspiration for me doing a Bugsy McGraw episode, to be completely honest. Um just coming across by chance on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, so, yeah, his book is out. It's called Brute Power. Um, anybody wanting it, it is on Pro Wrestling Tees, along with a T-shirt. It's a limited edition, so it's not going to be on there for long. I have ordered it um, because I I just I saw this and thought, I need to have this. Uh, this is a guy who does not get the credit he deserves in the wrestling business. A 25-year career for some of the greats won so many titles it's a travesty he's not in the hall of fame i i would have him in there in a heartbeat um but i wanted to do this bell to bell on bugsy mcgraw and for all those listening that's bugsy with two g's because he wanted to be different uh bugsy mcgraw to me is one of the most underappreciated underrated guys from the old nwa territory days doesn't get the recognition he deserves and i'm glad that i could just do this 20-minute recording 
to give you all a little insight on brute power, Bugsy McGraw. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be back next week. Uh, I'll have to think of another one to do because I really enjoyed doing this one. Um, shout out to our, our network at Brainbuster Radio. Give them a follow, give them a subscribe. Um, Wrestle Thoughts Podcast, myself, Callum, and Kate. Uh, WT Pod UK on Twitter. Give us a follow, give us a shout out. Uh, I am WTP Red Wolf on Twitter, WTP Jamie on Instagram. Give me a follow, give me a holler, tell me I suck, tell me you enjoy this shit. I do it because I want to. And uh, thanks for listening. I hope I've kept you entertained. Please, please check out Bugs and McGraw. Go on YouTube, check out some of his interviews. Uh, even his interviews are just amazing. Uh, he could be crazy one minute, serious the next, funny the next. Uh, I always thought there was a little bit of dusty roads in his promos, his interviews. YouTube, Bugsy McGraw, two Gs, check it out. I have been Jamie from Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. This has been Bell to Bell. I will see you next time. Thank you and peace. <laughs>